You're in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, coming to you from our beautiful studios as always. And we have a chance to catch up with offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Well, he's going against his dad, Bill, who in my mind is as good as there is as an offensive line coach. And he's doing a great job with the Cleveland Browns once again. They are as good a group as there is in the National Football League. And a lot of it is because of the excellence of coach Bill Callahan. Ryan Callahan doing a heck of a job himself. The Cincinnati Bengals are on a roll offensively. Everybody was worried about explosives. The entire coaching staff, Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, everybody said, relax, don't panic. There's a sense of urgency. We got to get it untracked. And they have. We'll talk to Brian Callahan about what they've done, how they've done it, the performance against the Atlanta Falcons, and the upcoming matchup with the Cleveland Browns. Thanks once again for giving us some of your time. You're in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And we are joined by a football savant. This is the way I don't I go that far, Lapp. This is where I look at this guy. This, this man knows his football. Offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. And uh, first of all, Coach, welcome and appreciate your time, sir. Of course. Happy to be here as always. This is, in my mind, a very special game for a lot of reasons, but one of the big reasons, it's a father-son reunion. Bill Callahan is as good an offensive line coach as you're ever going to want to meet or see, and he gets it done. He's been a great head coach, offensive line coach, been a coordinator. He's done it all, and he is coaching the Browns offensive line, which in my estimation, probably top three in the National Football League, and he's got them coming off the ball, and that run game is looking sweet, and they're pass-protecting people well. And his son is the offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, that being Brian Callahan. Does it ever get old, Coach, going against your dad? Is, uh, you know, game planning and and uh, in, in calling plays against your dad? No, it doesn't. It's fun. Uh, it's a cool It's a cool. Cool moment for us to, to get a chance to play against each other and, um, you know, compete and, I've never got to work with them. I just get to play against them. So uh, I'll take I'll take what I can get when it comes to that. So uh, it is fun. I do enjoy it. And it's not going to be forever. You know, he's his he's probably not coaching for the next 20 years. And um, so I don't take him for granted. And you get a chance to, to catch up and, and compete against each other in the NFL for a father and son is, is a pretty cool thing, I think. And, and I, I very much enjoy it. How, how many fathers and sons have coached on the same staff together? Uh, in, in the National Football League. I wonder what kind of number that is. It can't there's be a been, There's been a handful. There's been a handful, yeah. I think. Yeah. I would say it's probably more common for them to, for fathers and sons to work together as opposed to compete against each other. Um, but that's just sort of how it's worked out for us. And uh, I wouldn't, I would, I'd love to work with them at some point in my life, but I'll take competing against them as a trade off. And competing against them in the same division. So it's twice a year. I mean, it's twice a year you're going you're going up against each other. That's uh that that that's pretty remarkable. It 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 really is. And I I can just say uh, from my own personal experience, I've had the pleasure of uh, doing games when your dad was was head coach and and as a as an assistant coach and everything in between. And he's the same guy every single time, no matter what. And to me. That's a testament of what type of person, you know, that that uh, that you're dealing with. And man, there's none better than your dad. He is uh, he's top shelf. There's no question about it. 
I appreciate the kind words, Lap. He, uh, I mean, I obviously think very highly of him, but I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but it is. I, I think he's. I think he's made quite a quite a name and quite a career for himself. Um, probably going to go down as um, as one of the best line coaches uh, in in the history of football. And yep. uh, very proud, very proud to to have to have him be my father, and uh, very proud to be able to, to follow in his footsteps and, and hopefully be considered about half the coach that he is. I'd be. I'd take that. So, you know, it it is interesting the bond between offensive linemen. You know, because it's a different, you know, they never touch the football. If they do, center does, obviously, every snap. If you do, it's because it was a problem. You don't want to touch the football. Right. But, uh, you know, so there's a tight bond there. And, I mean, I just love a lot of my offensive line coaches. You know, I just love that relationship. Love the relationship with teammates and the players in the offensive line. And, and I know for a fact that a lot of guys that have played, you know, for and with your dad, just absolutely love the guy and, and can see why. There's there's no two ways about it. He's got that offensive line playing pretty darn well, coach. I'm looking at uh looking Unfortunately, at Unfortunately, yeah, he is. They're playing good. <laughs> they come, they're coming off the ball now. Yeah, they, they, they run they, the ball really well. Nick up playing good football. It's it's a good unit, it's a good rush attack. Um, and they do a nice job marrying up all their play actions and, and keepers and all those things. It's a it's a very well well designed scheme that they got going there. So is it the same type of mentality as you're looking at uh, against Cleveland as it was against Atlanta? Because, you know, Atlanta showed uh, what they could do in that first drive of uh, the second quarter when they went 17 plays and over 70 yards and for a touchdown and took, you know, about 10 minutes off the clock. And Cleveland with that running game, they can play keep away a little bit. Is it the same type of mentality? Get off to that good start and try to play with the lead and, and uh, you know, try to take the ball out of Chubb's hand a little bit and make Brissett have to try to beat your mentality a little? Yeah, I mean, I think that's always how you want to play against teams that are that are really efficient and effective running the ball the way that, that Cleveland's been. Um, they've thrown the ball well, too, so it's not to say that they can't do that. Right. But I know that that's the, the type of game they want to play is they, they want to grind you out and they want to run the ball. And then they're going to hit those play-action shots when they get opportunities. And so, uh, yeah, playing anytime you can make, make a team strength um, make them play from from whatever the opposite of that is, is is ideal. And in their case, obviously their strength is running the ball. And um, if we can make them make them have to throw it or get into a position in a game where um, they don't feel they can rush it as many times as they'd like to, then certainly that's to to our advantage. And um, you know I think that's that goes for most games, but certainly teams that uh, can really possess the ball the way that that they can, the way that Atlanta can, the way that Baltimore can. Um, being out and playing with a lead is is an important part of. Uh, of trying to make them play, you know, a little bit with one hand tied behind their back. But, um, and again, they've, they've been pretty efficient throwing the ball too. So they're not, they're not a total, uh, it's not like you just shut the run down and the game's over. They can, they can play ball. I, I was, I guess, mildly surprised uh, at, at how persistent Atlanta was running the football. You're up 21, nothing, 28, seven. So handing that bad boy off, you know, and it's like, they only end up throwing it. Uh, 13 times in a football game where they're behind by two scores, a high percentage of that of that football game. I mean, they, they were going to run that ball no matter what. And um, 13 pass attempts, and they were sacked three times in, yeah. in those 13 pass attempts. I, I don't think Cleveland's of that mindset. I mean, if if, if you get a two-score lead on Cleveland, like you say, I, I, I think they're going to incorporate a little bit more throwing the football. Yeah, and they're capable too. I mean, I know that they're missing. They're going to miss their tight end, I think, this week. But yeah, uh, you know, Amari Cooper is a good player. Donovan Peoples Jones has played well for them. Yeah, um, you know, they they got. I, I think I got a lot of respect for Jacoby Brissett. I think he's done some 
some really good things. He's put some really nice throws on tape for them so far this year. Um, but they're, they're a formidable team. They're, they're, they got talent all over the place, um, and, and they've had some games kind of get sideways on them at the end, uh, sort of like we have this year. You know, we, we lost by three field goals, and they've had a couple spots in the end of games where they've had commanding leads or had, had a game one. Uh, and, it, and it kind of fell out from underneath them. Uh, but they've played well uh, in a lot of these games they've played uh, this year. So it's, it's a division game on a Monday night. Uh, we haven't played particularly well against this, this, this group since our time here in, in Cincinnati. I think we've only beat them once. And, um, you know, they, they'll be ready. It's a division fight. They're always going to be tough. Um, it's it's going to be a really hard-fought game. Haven't beaten them in Cleveland, Coach, since 2017. So it's time. It's time to go up there and knock them in the lake. As Mike McCormick used to say, we get ready for the Cleveland Browns. You go, knock them in the lake, boys. Let's go knock them in the lake. <laughs> so, I've never see, heard that. That's a good one. See see what can happen there. But like, like you said about uh, about the way their season's gone, they beat Carolina by two. And now Carolina just smoked Tampa. So we know Carolina's got some ability to play football. They lose to the Jets by a point who are playing well. Pittsburgh beats them by two scores. They lose to Atlanta by three. We know it kind of team that is mm -hmm. uh lose to the chargers by two new england beats them by more than one score and they lose to baltimore by three so they're there it's you know it's it's a matter of a handful of plays away from having a uh you know a, a winning winning record as such but looking at the defensive side of things um you you've played against the tj watts the micah parsons uh you know last week it was grady jarrett and now, now you get back to the edge again, and, and Miles Garrett, you know, another game wrecker on the edge. So everybody seems to have one somewhere, don't they? Yeah, and uh, these guys have maybe maybe the best one. Um, his his ability to wreck a game is is second to probably maybe him, and it's probably him and T.J. Watt are mm -hmm. two of the most um, disruptive ends that can really take take over him. They'll sack fumbles and they knock a quarterback around and. Um, it's a, it's a very, he, he's, he's as good as they come. And, and we've had our issues with him over the years. We've played well against him at times, but um, he's a, he's a premier player, top, top of his position, all pro talent. And you have to know where he is and you gotta be ready to handle him with one, two, three, four, five guys, if you have to. Um, but he's just, he, he's, he's phenomenal. And um, he's a big reason why their defense is uh, such a tough matchup for people. Denzel Ward, um, you know, you, you got Jamar Chase saying as good a cornerback as he's played against. That That's high praise. Uh, he had the big pick six, you know, last year. That was a significant play. They're, they're good on the back end when healthy. They mm -hmm. have a good pass rush. Uh, running the football, is, how significant is is getting a, uh, you know, a solid running game going against these guys? Well, I think you, you got to keep them, keep them honest and keep them balanced because if they get to – Rush the passer and play pass coverage the, the whole game. You know that that makes it a little bit difficult because they're they're really talented. Um, I think I do agree with Jamar's assessment. I thought Denzel Ward and, and really Marlon Humphrey are the two of the premier corners in this league, and they happen to be in our division. Right. Um, I, I thought I think Denzel is a extremely patient player. He's got great recovery speed. He's got great technique. Um, he's a really good corner, a really good cover corner. Um, and really, their their safeties have played well. Uh, I know that they've missed. They they got an injury at linebacker, but you know. Uh, JOK, he's he's he is impressive. Uh, he's fast. He's twitchy. He, he he's physical. Um, they they got a good unit, and um, you know, with, you, then you add in the premier talent like Miles Garrett and a disruptive force like Javion Clowney, and, and you got the makings of a 
of a pretty good defense, and they've been that good over the last couple of years. Coach, everybody's like, you know, in the beginning of the season, where are the big plays? Where's the explosives? Well, here they come. I mean, now you got uh, Jamar Chase with five uh, catches of 50 yards or more in the last year and a half, leads the NFL, and um, Tyler Boyd's second with four uh, yep. in, in the last year and a half. So, you know, it's like here here, here it is again. And, and on first down, you guys, you had nine, nine pass plays of over 20 yards, and you had a rush. Joe Burrow rushed it for, for 20. Ten snaps of 20 yards or more against the Falcons. Of those nine plays of 20 yards or more, six of them were on first down. You killed the Falcons on first down. I mean, Tyler Boyd has a career high, eight catches, 155 yards. Known as the third down receiver, all his catches are on first and second down. Yep. What was the mentality of just attacking on first down, Coach? Well, anytime that you have uh, efficiency on first and second down, you put yourself in really manageable third down spots as well. And so when you're – the thing we always like to say to our guys is that there, there's no rule on playing third down. You don't have to be in third down if you don't want to be. And if you're really <laughs> efficient on first and second down, uh, you try to stay out of it. And so we've, we've had stretches where we've been – First and 10, second and four, first and 10, first and 10, second and four, second and two, first and 10, and, and maybe one third and three is mixed in there. And so when you're really efficient on offense and you really, really got a good rhythm, that's what it should look like. And um, efficiency on first and second down is, is critical uh, to staying on schedule, staying in front of the chains, and putting yourself when you are in third down and in very manageable, convertible um, down and distances. I think we had 11, uh, 11 of our 14 third downs uh were under four yards wow so that's that's a that that's going to put you really uh favorable conversion percentages i think we were close to 60 percent ish or so on third down seven of 11 or something like that um and but that's because of how efficient we were on first and second down and we were in really manageable spots we, did, we didn't have to drop back on third and ten uh and face all the exotic pressures and all the all those rushes where their their ears are pinned back and the same goes for second down because anymore in the NFL, if you're in second and eight, nine and 10, um, that's another third down rep for the defense. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're going to blitz you and they're going to put some exotic stuff out there. Um, and so you try to stay out of those spots too and make them play honest on second and four. And so that's, uh, it's, it's kind of all fits together. And I think it's part of the reason why we, we played as well as we have the last few weeks is because our, our first and second down efficiency has been, been pretty, pretty dynamic. Coach, you've got your big three of wideouts Everybody's got 455 yards or more. Higgins and Boyd, both receivers have 455. Chase has 605. They're all tracking for 1,000 yards or more. It's only seven games played at this point. There have been five cases of three receivers, on three players on a team getting 1,000 yards or more in the same season. There um, been five cases of it. Two of those cases is involved the tight end, uh, Kellen Winslow with the 80 San Diego charges being one of them. Yep. And then the other was Eric Metcalf as a running back return specialist wide receiver with the 95 Falcons. Now, there's only been three cases of those five where it's three true wide receivers could be the fourth, the sixth overall and the fourth where it's just three wide receivers. I mean, that's pretty significant stuff. And you got Joe Burrow point guard, you know, distributing that thing, uh, doing a hell of a job, isn't he? Yeah, it's he's been fantastic, and really we we've, you know, I hope for our, our receivers they get a chance to to claim that title over the course of the season. If if they do, that means we're playing pretty well and we're all staying healthy. 
um, because I think that's a that's a cool thing to have, and it's a and you know it's an individual marker for each of them, but it's something that um, I think that they would all uh, like to be able to say that they accomplished together is, is all be over a thousand, and um, you know, but we don't we don't throw the ball with that in mind. You know, we're Joe, Joe's going to throw it to the open guy. Uh, we just happen to have three guys that do a great job of, of getting open, and he's going to find those guys in space and. You know, we, each player is going to have things we try to feature them on over the course of the game. And sometimes the guys we feature um, get covered or the structure takes us to the secondary or third or fourth part of the progression. And, and Joe's very willing to just move through his progressions and, and find completions. And um, I think over the course of time, what you see is the ball is going to get spread pretty evenly. I mean, you're not going to be able to, to key in on one or two guys and you're going to have to stop all of them. And don't forget that, you know, Joe Mixon has been really good out of the backfield in this early part of the year. And, and so is Hayden Hurst. Um, as an underneath as an underneath target, so uh, we got a lot of people that can catch the ball and, and a quarterback wanting to distribute it to them um, efficiently. So on third down, Jamar Chase has 15 third down catches, number one in the NFL. Hayden Hurst, who you mentioned, has a dozen, tied for fifth in the NFL, and he's got a dozen of his uh, catches on third down out of 29. So I mean, he's he's been extremely productive on on third down for you, keeping keeping uh, drives alive and he's becoming a crowd favorite the way he maximizes yards after every opportunity, you know, gets every inch out of that, out of that bad boy. His physicality is contagious, isn't it? Yeah. He plays with great energy. Um, he has a, an unbelievable uh, passion for football. Uh, it's really important to him. I think he loves playing here. I think he loves playing with his teammates. Um, and you can, you can see it's, it's contagious guys that play with that kind of energy. Uh, are, are contagious to the whole unit and people feed off that. And when he catches a five yard route and, and plows through three guys to, to get a first down on, on third and seven uh, on a five yard catch, that, that gets people fired up. And, and he plays with, he plays with that passion all the time. He, he's really blocked well for us too uh, in the run game. And um, I'm really happy we have him. He's done a great job. And, and again, that, that, that energy is very much contagious to the rest of the unit. Uh, we all feed off it. In terms of uh, Joe Burrow, I remember asking Paul Brown, you know, multiple times, Coach, what uh, what is the biggest box to check from a tangible standpoint? Not the intangibles, leadership and all intelligence and all those kind of things, football IQ, but for a quarterback, what do you look for? What what's the thing? Got to throw it straight, David. Accuracy. Got to throw the ball straight. That's the what the hell good is if you can't throw the ball straight? So yeah, so Joe Burrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Joe Burrow falls into that category. And man, Kenny Anderson was a teammate and a roommate. And, and he wrote a book, The Art of Quarterbacking. And I've watched Kenny Anderson throw the football. And it was like, man, what a stroke. You know, it's like watching a great hitter swing, a great golfer swing. Kenny Anderson throwing the football was a perfect stroke, you know. And yep. and uh, and he wrote the book, The Art of Quarterbacking and, and his mechanics. I remember Bill Walsh working for days on just his feet. And then they progress to the core. Then they progress to the arm and the hand follow through. And man, it was just unbelievable to watch them, you know, focus on these aspects of it and put it all together. I watched Joe Burrow and, and Joe, he can create and extend throw off platform and all those things. But when I watch him throw in the pocket, it's a thing of beauty. I mean, his stroke is just, I'm thinking, this is like, this is Kenny. Give me a flashback. His feet. He's always got the, the solid platform. You know, and then it works its way up to the core and then through and, and he doesn't drop it in a, in a bucket. He drops it in a thimble. I mean, he's hitting tiny spots down the football field, that 32 yard touchdown pass to Jamar Chase. My God, not many people in this world can do that. Talk about 
how well he's playing. Um, it's really it's it's hard to play much better than he played on Sunday. You know that's that's about as good a game as you could you could ask for from the quarterback position. Um, but you're right, he's he's got an incredible ability to be accurate. Um, it's a very natural part of of his quarterbacking style. He's got a great smooth, no wasted motion uh, delivery. Uh, he can he can throw from all different angles off his body uh, and still maintain his accuracy. I mean, he's got great pocket presence on top of it, and his eyes are always downfield. He never has to look at the rush. He just feels it, um, and he knows when he's got to get rid of the ball, when he has to move and slide, and when he needs to run. And, um, you know, on top of being accurate, you know, one of the one of the things you always look for in, in quarterbacks and what separates great quarterbacks from just good ones um, is their ability to process and make decisions. And, and Joe can process and make decisions about as fast as anybody in football. Uh, he does a great job seeing what the defense is playing, how they're playing it, and knowing where to put the football, the timing that he needs to put the football there, um, and, and getting it there accurately, obviously, is the last part of it. And so uh, he, he exemplifies all those things, and he's really played. Really, I'd say he play, he's played fantastic football from from about week two till now. Um, and I think you're seeing him really start to, to feel the rhythm of the offense and um, do things the way that – to the level that he's capable of. And I think he's still got another level to get to. And so that's exciting, and I'm, I'm really excited to see – where it pro- progresses to as we keep moving forward, but uh, he's playing really, really fine football right now, and it's it's been it's fun to fun to watch and, and fun to coach. The other thing that that I really respect about him is his his toughness and his courage. I mean, in the pocket, the dude is great. Grady Jarrett, you know, it doesn't go as well as you'd like up front. Grady Jarrett wins his matchup, and he's bearing down on Joe Burrow, and he's Joe's like standing right in there. And he sees him, you know, he's, he's right in front of him. He knows he's going to take one right under the chin. And he throws a ball that Tyler Boyd makes a spectacular one-handed catch on. But the throw, considering everything that was involved, you know, getting the ball off, period, yeah. was unbelievable. And as an offensive lineman, I'd be like, I want to play with that guy. Yeah, I think you'd ask our guys. They feel the same way. Um, but it's he is. He's, he knows He knows when – uh, to stand in and, and when he's got a, a throw available. And uh, that's a great example of, of knowing he had the route, knowing it was going to be open um, and, and knowing he's probably going to take a shot there, uh, standing in with, with some courage and toughness and, and delivering the throw. And and that's what quarterbacks get paid for. You know, I think that uh, Tom Brady said at one point that it's really hard for quarterbacks to uh, show their toughness in any other way, except uh, taking a hit and getting back up. Um, and that's, you know, they don't get to tackle anybody or, or hit anybody or anything like that, but, uh, quarterbacks can show their toughness by, by standing in the pocket uh, when they need to make a throw and deliver a great throw and, and take a hit, bounce back up and do it again. And um, I think Joe's as, as tough as anybody in football. And um, I think all the linemen up front would agree, and they, they love playing with them because of that mentality. You know, I remember in the Wayback Machine when started with the West Coast offense, uh, you know, Paul Brown and Bill Walsh, and everybody was like, you know, well, should, shouldn't you run the ball a little bit more? And, and coaches would always say, look, this West Coast offense, play action fake and throw it to the guy we fake the handoff to, that's an extension of our running game. Part of this passing attack is you could label it whatever you want to label it, but we're it's basically we're approaching it like we're attacking the defense in the same way, run or the pass. And the defensive coordinators felt the same way. Do you feel that way? A lot of people are like, oh, all they look at is Oh, she's ran it 16 times and threw it. Thir- Man, run the ball. Some of your passing attack, in my mind, 
reminds me very much of what Paul Brown and Bill Walsh were doing. And it's almost like an extension of the running game. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. You know, and I think that um, because of the way that our, our, where our talent is structured on our team and our roster, um, you know, we're really more concerned in the run game about the efficiency portion of it. And I think in the last three or, three or four weeks, I think we're top top five in, in run game efficiency. You know, yep. and that if, if I think we're like 60% efficient, and that's a really really big number um, in the run game efficiency world. I mean, if you if you can hit that number, you're going to be really really pretty effective. You're going to be going five and a half six yards of carry. And again, that goes back to the first and second down efficiency, and that's a huge part of it. Is that our run game has been really really positive in that regard now we're not going to run the ball for 25 times for 150 yards probably uh, very often but uh, when we do run it we run it effectively and efficiently and you know when you look at joe mixon's total touches you know a lot of those passes he catches behind the line of scrimmage so to us it's no different than a run Um, and we're putting him in space uh, on defenders one-on-one that are on on the secondary that, that don't like to tackle him and then a lot of our quick game passing is get the ball in guys' hands and let them get get vertical in, in soft zones and let them go play against guys that are lesser athletes than them and lesser players than them. And so uh, as much as we can do that, uh, that's, that's to us is just as good as a run. If we complete a, a ball on first and 10 for eight yards or, or even like the first play of the game last week, we complete for 11 yards and a new set of downs. Um, I don't really have much uh, consternation about not running it if we're completing the ball like that. And so – were those going to be times to run it? I thought we ran the ball well in the fourth quarter when we had to close the game out. Um, we did had some really nice runs in there that got us out of a backed-up situation and uh, allowed us to take all that time off the clock and finish yep. with the game with the ball in our hand. That's the second time we've done that now. Um, we did that against the Jets as well. So um, I think our ability to run the ball when we need to uh, is is important, but I also don't think that uh, we're going to be out here chasing numbers just to say that we ran the ball uh, 25 times or, or we ran it for 100 yards. I don't think that really matters to us. We're – we're trying to find the best ways to be efficient and score as many points as possible. Coach, that drive you talk about, the last drive to finish the game, you get the ball to your two-yard line, 17 plays, 92 yards, you, you know, take a knee to end the game, uh, six first downs. Talk about putting somebody in the meat grinder, you know, eight minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> they never saw the light of day again in terms of getting the football back. That had to be frustrating. That was that was it. I loved that drive. And, uh, and and I guess like we're talking about with the run in the past, I do remember Paul Brown uh, saying to us in a meeting, gentlemen, everybody talks about how the run sets up the pass. Doesn't it stand a reason? Let's think about it. Doesn't it stand a reason the pass can set up the run? Don't you? How many guys in this room think the pass can set up the run? It, it was great. I mean, it was a great, very, very, very astute and coach consternation. Good word, man. That's I like that word. Yeah, that's, well, that's, the, that's the idea. I mean, you can. You, there's a lot of ways to play football, and there's a lot of different t- schemes and styles. And uh, we, we've adapted our style to where our talent is, and that's a yep. you know our, our our premier players are our quarterback and our receivers. Um, that is not to say that that our our running backs aren't premier players because they are uh, Joe Mixon in particular. But yep. we use him a lot of different ways and just handing the ball off to him. And I think that um, you know as many different ways as we can get the ball to our players in space. Uh, whether it's a run or a pass or a jet sweep or a screen or whatever that is, um, you know, that, that's going to be our strength. And, and some teams are built differently and their strengths are different. Um, Atlanta was going to grind out the ball. They're a really good rushing team. Uh, that's who they are. And I think that we've, we found out who we are and, and we're going to lean on our strengths to, to score points. And um, I think that, that there's no real wrong way to do it as long as you're scoring points and winning games. 
after the game, I was talking to some of the offensive linemen a little bit, and uh, you know, they were like, after you know, 21 points on the board and 28 so quickly, they're they're looking at Joe Burrow and they're saying, Joe, my gosh, man. And Joe just smiled, looked at him, and said, "That's what I do, boys. That's what I do." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just love that man. You know that that just that that swag, and it's it's an earned confidence. You know, it's like he's not blowing smoke. That's what he no, does, man. That's what he does. does, and he works really hard at it. You know, and, and his, his practice week is important to him. His preparation is important to him. Yep. I think all the guys see that. They recognize it. They respect it. And then he goes out on game day, and he and he and he balls out. And that's the quickest way to earn respect in the NFL is if you if you play really well in games, then you tend to earn respect really quickly. And I think that uh, all these guys that are new to being around Joe, I think uh, had, having not played with them until the season started, I don't think they quite understood. But when you get into a game with them, you get it. And uh, you know that, that every time he's got the ball in his hands, uh, you got a chance to win games. And I think that that's what makes it such an exciting time for us and um, what gives us so much uh, energy and enthusiasm to go go attack each week is that we know we've got a quarterback that can win the game for us uh, at any moment. And man, when you got a guy that has such uh, a thirst to prepare, you know, and to prepare the same way, and and he puts in so much time, it's so important to him. That stuff. When you have when your best player has that mindset and that approach, man, that's such a good dynamic. Because everybody else, all the rest of us minions are like. Damn, am I doing enough? Look what Joe's doing. I better pick it up a little bit. I don't think I'm giving quite enough, you know, and, and that that whole thing just raises the boat even higher, doesn't it? And I think what makes yeah, you're right, exactly right. And I think what makes our our team so unique and so special is that I feel like every position group on offense and defense is that way. You know, we have a bunch of receivers that uh, that love the work. They work hard, they practice hard, um, they do their job well. Our tight ends are the same way, our lines the same way. Uh, we have a team full of full of that type of mentality. And I think that's why we had the success we had last year. And that's why I think we'll have the success that we expect to have uh, this year is because we're, we're made of the right stuff. Guys do their jobs the right way. We're, we got a team full of pros um, and guys that love to work. And um, when you have, when you have a bunch of guys like that, then you know, you got something special. And then when your leaders are, are like that, uh, everyone tends to follow suit. And so I think that that's what makes it uh, a pretty special place and, and a fun time to be a part of the Bengals. Four out of five, coach. Four out of five, starting to stack them up, stack those those W's up. Appreciate your time. Put together a good one for this Battle of Ohio. And That's knock right. them in the lake one time, coach. Knock <laughs> them in the lake up there. Here we go. <laughs> That's it. Do our best. Appreciate you very much. Have a great one. All right, Lap, you too. Dave Lapham here. And every day, I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team.